Fernand made no reply, nor did he attempt to check the tears which flowed down the cheeks of Mercedes, although for each of those tears he would have shed his heart's blood. But these tears flowed for another. He arose, paced a while up and down the hut, and then suddenly stopping before Mercedes, with his eyes glowing and his hands clinched. Say, Mercedes, he said, once for all, is this your final determination? I love Edmund Dantes, the young girl calmly replied, and none but Edmund shall ever be my husband. And you will always love him as long as I live. Fernand let fall his head like a defeated man, heaved a sigh that was like a groan, and then suddenly looked her full in the face with clinched teeth and expanded nostrils, said, But if he is dead, if he is dead, I shall die too. If he has forgotten you. Mercedes! called a joyous voice from without. Mercedes! Ah! exclaimed the young girl, blushing with delight, and fairly leaping in excess of love. You see, he has not forgotten me, for here he is! And rushing towards the door, she opened it, saying, Here! Edmund! Here I am! Fernand, pale and trembling, drew back, like a traveller at the sight of a serpent, and fell into a chair beside him. Edmund and Mercedes were clasped in each other's arms. The burning Marseille sun, which shot into the room through the open door, covered them with a flood of light. At first they saw nothing around them. Their intense happiness isolated them from all the rest of the world, and they only spoke in broken words, which are the tokens of a joy so extreme that they seem rather the expression of sorrow. Suddenly Edmund saw the gloomy, pale, and threatening countenance of Fernand, as it was defined in the shadows. By a movement for which he could scarcely account to himself, the young Catalan placed his hand on the knife at his belt. "'Ah, your pardon,' said Dantes, frowning in his turn. "'I did not perceive that there were three of us.' Then, turning to Mercedes, he inquired, "'Who is this gentleman?' "'One who will be your best friend, Dantes, for he is my friend, my cousin, my brother. It is Fernand.' the man whom, after you, Edmund, I love the best in the world. Do you not remember him? Yes, said Dantes, and without relinquishing Mercedes' hand, clasped in one of his own, he extended the other to the Catalan with a cordial air. But Fernand, instead of responding to this amiable gesture, remained mute and trembling. Edmund then cast his eyes scrutinizingly at the agitated and embarrassed Mercedes, and then again 
on the gloomy and menacing Fernand. This look told him all, and his anger waxed hot. I did not know when I came with such haste to you that I was to meet an enemy here. An enemy? cried Mercedes with an angry look at her cousin. An enemy in my house, do you say, Edmund? If I believed that, I would place my arm under yours and go with you to Marseilles, leaving the house to return to it no more. Fernand's eye darted lightning. And should any misfortune occur to you, dear Edmund, she continued with the same calmness which proved to Fernand that the young girl had read the very innermost depths of his sinister thought. If misfortune should occur to you, I would ascend the highest point of the Cape de Morgion and cast myself headlong from it. Fernand became deadly pale. But you are deceived, Edmund, she continued. You have no enemy here. There is no one but Fernand, my brother, who will grasp your hand as a devoted friend.